0: Betches media presents
1: ha ha laugh funny
0: mention it
2: all a bravo by Betches podcast we don't say that but now we said it with dylan hafer who oh, on, check me bro and barry rosenfeld i need right. to start drinking alcohol
0: now go to sleep we hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the mention it all podcast i'm dylan hafer
1: and i am barry rosenfeld we are back for another week
0: we a lot happened in the bravo world over the weekend because <laughs> fr- friday night at <laughs> uh, around 11:30 eastern time miss erica jane posted these 2000 something screenshots on her instagram and said this, these are texts from Justice Trisha A. Bigelow, who's fucking my husband, Tom Girardi, and paying for her sex bill and her plastic surgery. And she deleted the post after th- around 30 minutes and it but was not
1: before the entire internet had time to screenshot them.
0: She dropped a bomb and then she tried to like undrop the bomb and the bomb had already gone off.
1: <laughs> right. I woke up that more the next morning. And I was like, what the hell, you know, when you're like younger and you like wake up yeah. and you thought you missed something, I was like, what time did this happen? I saw your post and it was like <laughs> eight hours ago. And I was like, wait, so I was sleeping at like a yeah. normal time. So
0: I actually, I had been, I I was like about to go to sleep, like getting in bed, whatever. It was like 1145 or something. And one of my group chats went off and somebody just said like, OMG, Erica. And I was like, What? (laughs) Like I literally, I like jolted. And it was one of those moments where like your, your like hands are moving faster than your brain. So I'm like, I have to screenshot this. I have to make it a post. I have to post it. I have to, you know, like actually read what it says. Like there was so much going on. And then so I was automatically awake for like another hour just automatically because it was like an adrenaline <laughs> rush like I
1: know it's so um, crazy to think about people are like reaching out they're asking like what what is happening this is like a movie plot and to be honest like I feel like there's a lot of ways this this is going and we don't know if it's to cover up something else if more, right. more is coming out to like change the plot of the original movie line like I don't know so-
0: <laughs> I'm going to assume if you're listening to this, you probably have seen the screenshots and know like a little I bit, at least about so. what's going on to- with Tom and Erica. I have some videos explaining some stuff saved in a highlight on the Bravo Bay Batch's Instagram account. If you want a little more context, but my personal opinion is that I think it is incredibly unlikely that Erica would just now be finding out in the last couple months that Tom had an affair 100 it's been that's been something that has been pretty publicly talked about online for years Mm -hmm. people have seen tom out with other women like people for years have assumed that they had some kind of arrangement so the idea that erica would have like found out and immediately filed for divorce because she's like so horrified it seems i would say that is like hard for me to believe yeah which then, obviously, when you have all the legal shit that they're going through, it makes it seem, it doesn't seem unlikely that this could be kind of a deflection, distraction, you know, take the attention away from what's going on in court. Because, let's face it, things are not going well for them. Their assets were frozen last week. Um, there's some bankruptcy shit going on It is, it's not looking good for Tom and by extension, it's not looking good for Erica. And I, I don't think the divorce really has that much to do with whether he was paying for some woman's tax bill.
1: Right. Well, I'm pretty upset that this happens every time I go on a rant about my favorite housewife. Like this is a lot. And now I still feel the way I feel about Erica from the past, but this is getting kind of ugly and we shall see what the new (laughs) season (laughs) looks like because
0: this is harder for you than it is for me. (laughs) I'm like, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just like, don't let me down. This is crazy. And like for her to Go to that level. And also I saw one of the comments I was dying on the po on our po um our Bravo's post is that someone was like, What are those phone? Is that from the Nelly vid- music video yes. from Dilemma? And I was like, no, because that was an Excel spreadsheet in that Kelly music video. Kelly
0: is texting on a Nokia phone and it is, the screen is literally an Excel spreadsheet. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the, the fact that we're posting receipts and screenshots of texts from likely 2011 is just wild. It's a deflection. Whatever way you look at it, it's crazy. Yeah. Um we, I'm sure we will get more updates on what's going on with Tom and Erica. There are, um, I can't look, I can't remember his name right now, but there's a guy on Twitter who's like a legal analyst or something. And he's been like live tweeting every one of these court proceedings. I think his name is Ronald. So if you, if you want to go find that, that is like a very thorough, uh, rundown, but we will, we'll update on like major points as they happen.
1: <laughs> right. And t- so, so today we're talking about real houses of Atlanta and Real House of Potomac, but I also am so tired because the Giants also played the late game last oh God, night and I had, I had a, a sports. really long night, but anyway, and they lost. Again so that's with the sports. You're like, again. I like that
0: now. I feel like football and the challenge are like getting in the way of your Bravo priorities, but I'm still and... <laughs> here for
1: you guys. I'm still here.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So we had Atlanta and Potomac last night. Like you said, we are in week three of Atlanta now and still things feel like a little unsettled to me. We start off the episode with Portia getting arrested again in Louisville. Mm. Again, obviously great stuff that she's doing. It's super important. I'm glad they're still showing it on the show. But because of this, Portia has not really been around with the rest of the cast. And right. it's weird. This episode, we get, our, we get our first group scene with Portia but she's not with any of the other housewives and right, this it, is it, just so strange to me so she and lauren go pick up tanya and then they go go over to fallon's house fallon is totally new to us she's just kind of like plopped hot. in she's hot though she's very hot and i i'm a little confused I'm, I hope everything comes together and this season is great. I'm a little confused at kind of like how they're laying things out for us. Cause it's like, we've never met Fallon. We've never even heard of Fallon. And all of a sudden she's like hosting a group gathering and only one housewife is there. And it's like, why is like, why are we here?
1: Yeah. It looked like a really fun day though, to be honest, they, they were having fun, swimming, drinking hookah, and her husband was just sitting, like playing lifeguard, like watching them weird. as they like. I know it, it was. They like, like pan the camera, and I was like, at the other was, end of the pool. Yeah, I was like, wait, he's here. That's so bizarre. But and their house is beautiful. And I was like, are we gonna see? Is this one of those scenes where we're gonna see more of Fallon, or this is like a one-time thing?
0: We, from what I heard during filming, we definitely will see more of her. I think. i I think surprised. she was. She was kind of like a friend they brought in halfway through filming, and as we know. They cut a lot of stuff from the early part of filming. So I think, yeah, I think she'll be around. I don't know specifics, but okay, I, I just want right. to see Portia. I want to see like Portia and Candy and Cynthia and Kenya together. I want to see like the group, you know?
1: Imagine their only time of them being together is at Cynthia's wedding, which is not being shown
0: no I refuse Um, (laughs) I believe that it'll happen I think truly with Portia traveling to Louisville and getting arrested and like that kind of stuff I I imagine that she just was not around for a lot of the summer but we'll Mm -hmm. see their energy together is giving me a headache.
1: Wait. So I have to say that that was the first scene of the episode. AK. Right. So my dad, I was sitting with my dad while oh, I turned and it on, like,
0: turn it off.
1: Dude, verbatim. He was like, turn this off because it felt very bizarre. I was even, Im- I was like, this is okay. It's like one thing to watch housewives, but they, it, it was very weird. And I was like, didn't want him to think I was watching something like weird I don't know
0: (laughs) they literally okay they have this energy with each other where it's like you when you and your best friend from camp who don't see each other normally it's like when you meet up for like your winter reunion and you haven't seen each other in five months and you're like freaking out and screaming and doing all your inside jokes and all of that like it feels like that but But they're older but they're older they're older and they met each other like two weeks ago and they aren't actually like they don't know each other that well
1: there it it seemed like flirting which is fine it's absolutely fine but it it just came at us very quick it was
0: And it also obviously the we know the cameras were there but it felt so like performative in a way that it's like why are you being so like Loud. They were like I,
1: complimenting their outfits and taking shots and oh Kenya God, was like fans, I gotta go get shot. shot glasses oh my God. and we're I
0: was marrying- like <laughs>
2: yeah, Kenya's was like, weird.
0: like I feel like Kenya just hasn't she hasn't had a friend like this on the show for a while it's True. so it's the- like fun for her I guess to have someone to kind of like play with. Right. Then way. Latoya
1: was taking pictures for a dating app, and she had a pro- happened to have a professional camera, which I don't know that might have been Kenya's, but then it's like she was just taking them off her ass and like in her kitchen. I was like, this is all so like they're not even drunk yet. So,
0: yeah. Well, so Latoya has a background as like a YouTuber and blogger. So I think the camera makes some sense. Um, so but, she brought so, it with her? Uh, she, yeah, I guess. I don't know what's weird to me is that they're sitting in the living room and they are just going in on drew and they're talking, they're like going on and on and on about her wig and they're calling it a pet and drew we And it's just like, I think it would be funny if it was like one or two little comments, but it's like, they're coming across, like they're obsessed with this woman.
1: And to be honest, I can't believe production even did that where they went to another and they were, and they like assured us, they did an arrow and they were like pet cat to her wig. And I was like, that's like not funny. Also, it's just rude. She, yeah, that's it's rude. And also Drew hasn't done anything yet. It'd be one thing if she was like the villain. She's been on the show one week and we haven't right. seen I her think, do anything.
0: I think in general, that's kind of something that I, I I have enjoyed the three episodes, but I think I'm a little bit confused or like not on board with like how quickly it seems like they're kind of throwing us into the deep end with these like women that we don't really know. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I want to get to know Latoya, but I feel like all we're getting so far is like her, like giggling with Kenya and like being mean.
1: <laughs> right. Um. So another thing I want to talk about, which I don't want to talk about already is I'm really sick of Drew and Ralph fighting. It's actually Ooh, annoying <laughs> and we didn't get a great, first impression of him as it is so for each scene for them to be arguing is is a lot to handle
0: yeah we so we have pastor Jeanette who has um written a sermon that I would say is a little bit pointed at Ralph and to be honest I think he deserves it he doesn't take it well um but then the scene later in the episode so there's a couple things so there. are They're buying a house together and it is, they are buying it together, but he is saying that so far it's still his house because they haven't, you know, done the rest of the paperwork together yet. And she's asked, all she's asking is like, Hey, can you please just like involve me in this process? Don't keep saying my house, my house, like we're doing this together. And he f- seems so, I don't know if he's resentful or if he feels threatened or if he's just an asshole. Like he seems so, he, he seems just like so unsupportive and un. just, I don't know. Like he, he just has a bad energy. And then in the car, when they're going to, they're going to see a counselor and he's like, oh, like, have you already talked to her? And she's like, well, yeah, like I set up the appointment. And he's like, "Oh, so she's already biased. Like you're already telling her what's wrong with Ralph." It's like he is doing everything he can to be a dick.
1: (laughs) Right. There's also a small detail I want to talk about because I was very confused at the pancakes Drew was making. I don't know if you noticed this, but they seemed very like not cooked, and I was just, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. I was like, wait, maybe they're gluten free. Maybe there's something irrelevant. I just needed to point that out. That like, Like, I if anybody. it's, Pancakes it should bizarre. not be
0: like off white.
1: They were. Yeah, they were. It, it, they had to be in a certain kind. But I just want to point that out if anyone else noticed that. But anyway, back <laughs> no. to Ralph. He he's always he seems to always be like laughing as well. Like everything that they're joking or fighting about is a joke. And he's not right. taking it seriously. And it's like, I don't know, maybe he's new to this whole TV show thing.
0: But like, yeah, the fact that we've only seen two episodes with them and already we've had conversations about real issues like the buying the house is such a major thing going to counseling last week the whole debate about when he disappeared for three days and didn't seem to think that was a problem at all mm-hmm. it's not like oh drew is like mad that he left the food out on the counter and he's like it's not that big of a deal it's like right they're arguing they're going through like real issues and he seems just totally uninterested in taking it seriously and right, i because
1: all Drew wanted to say, want was asking was, can I tell people yet? Like, can I tell people that we have a house? And he was like, no, no, you can't tell people
0: that. I, I mean, he just has like such a bad vibe every time he's on screen and um, judging from social media, they're still together. So it's not like we're getting a divorce storyline right away, but I don't know. Well, I don't see good things in the future for them, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we have to talk about Cynthia. What a fucking mess. She, so Cynthia, this whole time has been saying, you know, she wants to have her 10, 10, 20. That's her date, her perfect date. She wants the wedding, obviously, of course, great. But then we know that there's a pandemic. So she's saying that she wants the date, but she also wants all the people and the big perfect wedding. But then she's saying, oh, well, if we can't have the big perfect wedding, then I don't, then I just want the date, but also I don't care about the date. I just want, she cannot, she cannot get her story straight about what she actually cares about. And the issue is that she wants everything and she doesn't actually care that much about the pandemic.
1: Right. So <laughs> but she won't you need say a, it. <laughs> you need a flow chart to have followed this conversation between her and Mike. And that is, you hit the nail. Like that's it. It, it was, it's, it's also awkward because it's not her, They're her first wedding. So Mm -hmm. we have seen this in Housewives before where they do like to go all out because they know this is it. This is their true love, whatever. But it is kind of crazy that even when they were at the venue, Mike is the one who is like, okay, and what are your COVID restrictions? You know, like he, she, and we love Cynthia, but she really is like thinking of the wrong things right now. And even in the car, like that conversation they had, I told Dylan, I was like, this is so juvenile. It's like not something that adults grown adults who have been married before should be arguing about it's really a lot
0: yeah and and the thing is it's not just like i don't think anybody you know we've all you know made sacrifices this year had to rethink things nobody is like nobody is begrudging her that it's tough to have to plan a wedding during this time but the thing is the vast majority of people have made sacrifices and have whatever. And it's clear that Cynthia, like as much as she says, I don't, I don't need the perfect wedding or I don't need the date. She clearly isn't actually really willing to compromise on anything. She's willing, you know, for people to wear face shields or have sanitizer stations or whatever, but she's not, she had her 250 person wedding in the middle of the pandemic. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not like there's going to be some, you know, come to Jesus moment where she realizes that it can't actually happen because we know that it did.
1: Right, exactly. But I want to know what happens with their, with, with the two of them. Like, how did that happen? Like, who who gave <sighs> up what for this actual wedding to happen? Because we see them right. arguing about it, but it occurred. So who won, Cynthia?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, I would love to know the actual timeline because this is clearly happening sometime over the summer and she's still mm-hmm. saying, you know, when he asks her point blank, are we getting married on 10, 10, 20? She says, I don't know. Clearly they did. So I'm curious. Yeah. I will be interested to see like how it ultimately goes down in terms of like, yep, this is what's happening. And I did appreciate when she was at Candy's compound, I didn't even realize there, they had that whole like backyard basketball court space. That's beautiful. When she was there with Candy and Cynthia, or in Candy and Kenya, both of them were kind of like, I mean, 250 people in a yeah. pandemic.
1: Like, I love like, when friends call out friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Kenya is not always the voice of reason, but in that moment, I was like, go ahead, girl, like, let her know. I, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I mean, whatever, it is what it is. But Cynthia really is not, um, I would say not, not super likable at the moment, but I, you know, I want her to be happy and everything, but it's like, it is a pandemic.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. So moving on to Potomac, we have part two of the reunion, which I can honestly say this is like an actual movie to me. And I'm just like the (laughs) this was the sequel. And then next week, which is 90 minutes is the finale, but We start off with Giselle and I'm sorry, like she is still shaking. It's awkward. I wanted to move on from that as fast as I I could because I really, I can't. It's, it's, I don't, it's not good. Not good. Well,
0: I think it would be, it would be crazy to think that she is not affected by everything that Monique has thrown Mm -hmm. at her, but clearly she made a decision that she wasn't going to kind of let herself crack in that moment she wasn't going to be crying she wasn't going to be like how could you say all these terrible things like she clearly decided that she was going to you know keep it strong keep it stoic I would say Mm -hmm. and to be honest I think I mean whatever getting the receipts and everything is very interesting but because Giselle was so I think unresponsive it kind of it made it fall a little flat to me. It was like, okay, like if we're not going to get some big explosion moment, I'm ready to move on. I don't need to see more of this.
1: Right. But not only did she not explode, which is fine because you, she didn't have a like to stand on with that. Her, the way she dismissed it wasn't good enough for me. I'm sorry. She, <laughs> she kind of just brushed it off as opposed to like, if it were me in that position, I would have given like attitude. I don't know. There was no attitude Yeah. There, there was nothing. Well, I, think, I agree with you. I think it's hard it because that.
0: if she knows that all of that stuff is true, but she's not really willing to unpack that, then it's like, what do you say? Cause you're not going to, she's not going to call her a liar. If she knows it's true, she's not going to, she's not going to like say that she and Jamal are so in love if they're actually not. So I feel like all she can really say is like, I'm good with my relationship. Thanks. Next question, Andy. And at the end of the day, I think like, I wish we would have gotten a little more out of her, but it was, it was time to move on and we move, we take our lunch break so early. I'm like, how is it the beginning of part two and we have a 90 minute part three and we're already halfway through the day. You know, the end of the day must be fucking dramatic
1: well she said to Robin she was like oh and she has she has a binder like she didn't have a good comeback like behind the scenes at that I point I say, was like we have to be done with this conversation like it's she had nothing to say
0: I have to say I I really enjoyed Candace calling the binder the thirst book okay. I, I thought that was I, so good
1: I did think that was good however I kind of just want to get to the argument already I do have to say she needs to stop with the comments in between every in between every sentence and every time someone said something like Candace enough uh, stop stop with your I, comments
0: actually i think a lot of them are doing it like i think we're getting that a lot from candace obviously kind of a lot from wendy a lot from monique like everybody has their little like thoughts that they're sharing yeah. and i don't know I don't know if it's just a way that they edited the audio kind of, I don't know if this is normal for a reunion or, and they're just including it more in the kind of edit. Um, But yeah, it does feel like we're getting a lot of little asides from people. Yeah.
1: I, I, we have to talk about Ashley and Michael though for a second, because that's she even said to Andy, I don't find it that I'm defending my husband. Well then what are you doing, Ashley? Because, That seems like a defense mechanism to me.
0: It's yeah. The thing is like there, she might not feel like she's getting up there and like presenting her case and defending her relationship with her husband. But the simple fact that all of this shit has gone down and she still is with him. That is, she is defending it. Like she, she clearly nothing that Michael has done has been bad enough for her to say, I am done. So just, by definition, she is standing by her man. She's defending her man, even if that's not how she thinks about it. And to be honest, when they bring up that season one clip that we all saw of him grabbing the producer's ass or whatever, for her to say that it was consensual and this person thinks it was funny, I think that is so gross because it's like, even if that's what happened privately, this person has publicly said something different and so it feels really to me it's like problematic to keep defending that because it's like if there's any question of whether it was consensual it's not okay so not to
1: mention he did it a few times after that to other people
0: right and and the fact of the matter is that regardless of what it was in that specific situation Michael said that it had never happened and that was a lie and right. so regardless of, you know, how someone felt in the moment versus two years later, whatever, Michael point blank denied that he ever did that. And he was telling a lie. And I don't feel like we, I don't feel like we really got to that. And to be honest, I'm fine with the fact that he was not at the reunion. I feel that we've seen enough of him, but mm. I do think if he was there, I I wish there would have been a little more pressure on him to really like apologize or own up to it. But
1: Right. Well, she also did end on a note saying that if he did cheat on her, she would leave Michael Darby.
0: Yeah. I, you know, she, she doubled down on that, which, you know, we'll see. I still have my, I have my doubts about how serious she is. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again. When I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful, I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Another thing that I wish we would have gone a little deeper on this part of the reunion is the rumor that we have all kind of been circling around this season about Monique having an affair with her trainer and kind of the extra layer of this rumor, which we never heard on the show, but has been around online, is that the tr- the trainer got her pregnant and is the father of her youngest child. And that was kind of like... So we had always known that there was this rumor and that's why she didn't fuck with Charisse and allegedly that's why she was so mad at Giselle and that's so her exposing Giselle's receipts was like revenge for that. And to be honest, I didn't think we really got enough information for it to seem so damning about Giselle.
1: Yeah, not at all. And I always wonder this about Housewives like that with a rumor like that. How do some people choose what's exposed and what's not? Like, how did Monique did that so quick that that wasn't on the show? And she and even they went back to her interview in production and she said, I don't really want to talk about this. That's wild because Andy's even half the time is like, no, but like we have to, it did happen with Candace later on. She was like, I don't want to talk about this. He goes, no, we have to like, so for a rumor to be that big and could have been a massive storyline. Like how did she get away with not talking about it?
0: Well, and her whole thing is that she's mad at just like Gigi. I don't care about Gigi's not in the show. She's irrelevant to me. They can have their issues. I don't need to know, but with Giselle, she's saying she said this stuff about my family on camera and Andy says, well, she didn't say the thing about your child. She didn't say that on camera. And Monique seems to really, she's saying, and she seems to really believe that Giselle did say that and they just cut it from the show. But if Andy says they didn't, like to me, that's a non-issue because it's like, we didn't see it. They're not showing us the footage. Andy says it didn't happen. At a certain point, like, I can't, I can't concern myself with something that I don't, I'm never going to see any evidence of.
1: I know, but you know, it is funny that they showed every single time there was a plot. They went back to Giselle talking about it and explaining it. And that is great for us to see that she really is like yeah I don't know if you'd call her a potster in that situation but she's oh, always talking I mean I know she, I know. We, I know it's Giselle being
0: nice. is messy she, I think Giselle, she's
1: talking about every single person's business on the show
0: it's there crazy. is no doubt that Giselle is a shitster and she gets in other people's business and you know I think that is undeniable and I actually do think like it's about time that somebody kind of come for Giselle in a meaningful way mm-hmm. but I also think that it's like in this specific situation with the rumor about the trainer and her child if you really want to you know come after her you have to you have to tell the truth about what happened on camera right right uh, um I yeah. do love and also- when they're talking about Charisse, <laughs> And Robin says, Why are you so why do you have to mentally prepare for Sharice? You're giving her too much credit.
1: <laughs> that would have been a great um add-on if she came out, but like that would never happen. But like we love we love Sharice. But I we have to talk about this fight because they really broke it down for us and they of course they reshowed it. Of course they gave details. And I know
0: got some it, new footage.
1: We got we did get new footage, but I am not defending. Monique in this situation, but I do have to say the two scenes that Giselle, of course, were the two things that happened where Giselle was the main person and everyone was like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. And they rolled it back. Both things Monique said did actually happen. And that was Candace putting her hand in her face and also the wine glass. So you, you can't tell, you can't tell us that Monique that didn't happen. It did, but she did. She was like kind of burying herself more and more and more and more. Right.
0: Okay, so my my take on this is that the the new footage they showed, it did mostly line up with what Monique was saying. In terms right. of like you said, the hand in the face and there was some broken glass. I still think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that Candace was throwing glass at her. Like it, mm-hmm. nobody was really throwing anything. There was just there was broken glass. Mm-hmm. But to me, I just can't get past how cold and un kind of unemotional Monique is this whole time she is still refusing to apologize or take any accountability and even further than that is this is when she says the thing about you know if I was fired I wanted to finish her off and blah 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 and I think Monique has miscalculated because she I feel like she views this as if she apologizes, it makes her look bad because she's like weak or something. But if she just said, you know what? That whole thing was so fucked up and I'm sorry it went there. And we should have just had our fight with words. That would immediately make it so much more of like a level playing field for me. And I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't have to be fixated on this question of, you know, Monique, just looking like kind of a, like a shitty person. Like she just looks like it's like, you would save yourself so much trouble if you just fucking said, I'm sorry, that was so wrong.
1: During the break, when, when the episode ended, when Candace got up and, and walked off the stage, she, Monique did say to Andy, she was like, well, I do feel bad. You know, she felt bad. And Andy goes, well, you didn't say that. Like she just couldn't right. physically like say it. But at the same time, him saying Monique's not emotion or, or not showing any emotion. I, again, I'm going to preface this, but I'm not defending her. Some people fine, can be, <laughs> can, some people can be like that though. And that's kind of not fair to say because she might not react the way Candace is reacting well, where she's crying and, and whatever. We know she's not fully remorseful, but, but for her saying she's not emo- she doesn't have to be showing emotion. That's not. I you, think
0: that's the thing is, I think there's a difference though, between, how you personally deal with something. And I think that is totally valid. Like Mm -hmm. Monique doesn't need to be crying to her therapist or whatever. Like I don't need her to show me like with tears that she's sorry or whatever. But I do think when there's another person in the equation that you have hurt in this situation, that's different. Like there's a difference between being emotional yourself about it and being able to appreciate what someone else is going through and, Kind of be sympathetic or caring about that mm-hmm. and the thing with Monique for me is that this whole time it's a year later still she seems like she couldn't give less of a shit about what she did to Candace and I think with when she's saying you know thank god no one was hurt it's like what are you talking about like all and ever like everybody on the couch was like what do you mean no one was hurt like did you see Candace's hair in your hands. Not to like, mention,
1: she was also hurt. So, what do you mean she no right. was hurt? Like they were both like,
0: hurt. I I I agree with Monique. I agree with what you're saying about Monique not necessarily processing it in the same way herself. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to, when there are other people involved in a situation, you have to you have to think about what they need. And if they mm-hmm. need an apology, that has nothing to do with your emotions.
1: Totally. And. The fact is watching them on the couch, you do, uh, we've said this in the past where you think there's that little hope where they could be friends again. And I know Ashley even asked last week and then it's like, Oh my God, that is when Candace started making those comments. And I'm just like, girl, just like, stop. And, and you could tell, even when they were playing back the two of them being friends, like something just went wrong. Seriously.
0: Right. As much as wrong, actually, as much as I as much as I sometimes feel like I find myself defending Candace, they both have made so many missteps in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think I do agree that there's really no chance of them being friends again, but it's, it is disappointing because it's like, there are so many like little points on the road where it's like, if Candace had taken accountability for that thing, or if she had just said, sorry, or if she had just not, not said the first thing that popped into her head, Both of them, I feel like, have really just, like, gone down, as Portia would say, the wrong road. And, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I think it's, like, it's too late at this point to really be, like, you know, like, oh, like, they should just make up because it is so deep. But it's, like, it's disappointing. I, I was talking to someone about how this season has been really great, but also just so heavy and so intense. And there's been so much so much kind of like dark stuff going on and I really hope that next season we can get back to a point where it's more like fun shade and mm-hmm. kind of just like messy drama but not in a way that feels so um so like intense and just lit- real like I, I I've i enjoyed it but I'm also very mentally tired from this season of Potomac
1: yeah with that being said it was still a great season it's just that the altercation happened very quickly uh at the beginning so it was kind of what we had to talk about all week every week and i think
0: i think this has been an outstanding season of housewives but every season can't be this intense you know Correct.
1: But I always say this, like one thing <laughs> happened that was everyone's storyline. If you think about it, of course, there are other storylines like the fight was everyone's storyline for the whole season. But I am I'm very set, excited
0: to see the men come out next episode because I feel like oh that's going to be very intense. Very
1: nervous. Yeah, I'm very, very nervous for that. But um, I, I'm scared, to be honest. But uh, Dylan, who is your Bravo love of the week? Ooh, By week, um, I mean just Sunday night. Who's your bravo lab so,
0: Sunday night? We are so spoiled. Um, I well, <laughs> first of all, I would like to give a shout out to Erica Jane for providing us with so much content.
1: <laughs> I Cheers was like, to that.
0: I was like, honestly, I could post six things today. Um, I, though I will say my Bravo Lab of the week is gonna be um I'm gonna give it to Wendy. I think okay. she has been she had a great first season. I was always loving her. I think on the reunion, she has done a really great job of throwing in her two cents. And mm-hmm. I think she is just a really entertaining presence. And even when the drama doesn't center on her, I think she knows how to kind of um, get in there and be kind of like a little uh, voice to the side, bringing some, some fun times.
1: Yeah. I uh, don't really know for this week, to be honest. I, I know. don't- I don't really want to give it to any of the Potomac housewives. So I think I'm going to give it to Portia because she's just Portia's doing work. A good she option. A re- <laughs> I know, but like she got arrested again. Her her pool party outfit was perfection. And she just <laughs> always has like fun no matter what she's doing. So yeah, I'm giving mine to Portia.
0: well thank you so much for listening everyone oh my god remember (laughs) that song (laughs) um that song when i saw taylor swift in 2013 nelly was the special guest and they performed that song together (laughs) so funny um yeah st louis things um Don't forget to check out the Bravo by Betches collection on shop.betches.com. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. Rate, review, subscribe. We will be back on Thursday with this special episode. We had Nina Parker from E! News on, and it was a fun time. So Mm -hmm. check that out on Christmas Eve, and we'll be back next Monday with a normal episode. Bye!
1: batches